0: I'm writing a memoir about female sexuality, and I want to take you on my journey. This week, I want to discuss something that still mystifies me. The idea that talking about female sexuality and sexual pleasure, especially female sexuality, is still kind of taboo. Depending on your culture, that is. It reminds me of something the owner of a Toronto sex club, Oasis, said during an interview last year. Judy Kaye told me that pleasure isn't valued in North America. She said, Just pleasure is often the antithesis of work. And work equals good. Pleasure is allowed in small bits. But only if you work a lot. And let's get one thing straight. This isn't sex as only intercourse or how to have the best orgasm of your life. Wrong podcast. I mean sexuality as a means to self-discovery. Knowledge about yourself. And for some reason, the older I get, the more I want to talk about my sexuality. I can't shut up. It reminds me of dancing in Buenos Aires many years ago. People often showed up with their partners, but some didn't. But what I noticed is that they changed partners a lot throughout the night. It wasn't like in North America where dance might mean you're gauging someone's interest in you. Sexual interest, that is. It was in a gazebo in a park on a Wednesday night. People danced with other people to feel their energy, to feel another person's touch. How did you respond to it? Did you take the lead? Were you led? There was a much broader view of sexuality. It was more fluid, open to interpretation. It was getting late, so I think past midnight, and people were still dancing. And I couldn't help but think... Doesn't anyone have to work in the morning? What a buzzkill. I look at sex and sexuality in many ways. Indulge me with a little story for a minute. I liken sexuality to traveling, which is another obsession of mine. I became a travel writer for many reasons, but mainly because I love new experiences. I want to experience difference, foreignness, and mainly... I want to feel alive from experiences and connections with people. The connections are the big thing. Traveling reminds me of being a kid. You wake up, you don't know what you're going to do that day. Maybe you play a little hide and seek with your neighbor. Maybe you go for a long bike ride to the ocean and collect seashells. All things I love discovering as a kid. Traveling has been the closest thing to being a child for me. It's easy. You take a plane somewhere new, you taste some new food, go down a few alleys that take you somewhere unexpected, you meet new friends, you trust your gut. You trust your gut a lot. As we get older, that window of experience narrows. I argue it's harder to take risks, to make big discoveries, or even move the direction of your life quickly. So we fill it with other new and more accessible experiences like dancing, trying a new restaurant, mountain biking, to get a real risk factor in there, or raising your children to be good people. I look at sex in the same way, because when you take yourself down a new sexual path, you push a boundary, what you find on the other end might surprise you. And that is getting closer to who you are. Sexuality is a powerful self-discovery tool. For me, pushing boundaries of sex and sexuality, trying to redefine what they mean to me, have in a way become another wanderlust another kind of experience, because the more I discover about my desires, listen to my gut reaction and intuition, it just becomes another thing in my life that makes me learn more about myself. When you strip away all the shame and taboo of what it means to be a curious sexual female in North America, can sex be intimate? It can be harsh. It can be playful. And I argue that if you trust and let yourself, there's many surprises ahead. (laughs) When someone says losing the virginity, the more that I started thinking about that phrase, number one, what are you losing? Um, you know? And so when I found this uh, writer who said, uh, Nicole Hodges says that we are having a sexual debut, like, how does that strike you? I mean, we talked,
1: I, about- I love that. I do get the losing part. I do think there is an element of losing your innocence because there's something for sure. That's different. Yeah. There's something that there's no going back. There's definitely a losing of something and it's definitely in the form of innocence, but I do love the idea that there's a gain as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the idea that it's
0: yeah. Like it's uh here I am. yeah it's like your debutante or your coming out party you know um and I guess of all the stuff that I've been reading I feel like it takes the onus off the other person you know that for a lot of different um you know people that are transgender or you know um same sex like they're not essentially they don't have a penis going in their vagina, you know, it's so, so then, so then losing again, it, uh, excludes a whole other swath of people having sex. And so, you know, growing up, you know, what is the messaging? Right. And so when, you know, when you were growing up, what conversations did you have about virginity?
1: That's like, what's the definition of losing virginity then? yeah right because what is the definition of that because it is different for every single person it's different from a heterosexual couple versus a couple that's not uh because it's pretty darn clear um i don't know how it's defined uh defined uh in a lesbian relationship i have no idea pretty sure i know how it is in a in a gay relationship but i don't know how it is defined in a heterosexual uh sorry like a lesbian relationship I don't even want to go down there, but like it's not the same. Like it's not anyways. So, so that's a whole other conversation.
0: Um, yeah. We talked about this before, our different experiences. You know, we both grew up in an era of Molly Ringwald, and you know, that that special night, you know, the candles. It's you know, it's uh it's built up in your mind. And I was dumped by the guy that I fell in love with and thought he was the one. And though, and then I I became cynical about relationships and, and all of that. It was all wrapped up in a lot of stuff, my parents' divorce. And so I didn't have that picture perfect, you know, uh, loss of virginity. It was in a waterbed with a guy that I didn't really know. And I didn't really care about it, but yours was different.
1: Yeah, my, I do. I, I, mine was the pic, picture perfect he didn't turn out to be the picture perfect guy in the sense that i stayed with him for long term uh our relationship was started and finished in 6 months as far as boyfriend girlfriend but we stayed friends forever and um it was one of those nights that was special it was it was just before his 17th birthday i think, I think it was days before um probably about six weeks before it was something like his birthday was June 28th. And I think it was June 26th uh, in the eighties. And, um, six weeks before my 15th birthday. So I was only 14. Um, but yeah, I remember it clearly. I had, I had no regrets. And even though it didn't, whatever, he moved to Toronto, which, you know, I lived in the burbs, Um, it was, uh, to the day he passed away, you know, nine months ago
0: to the day he died,
1: I've never regretted it
0: ever, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's, uh, that is so nice. That's so nice to hear because, uh, you know, I moved around a lot as well. So that was another part of it that I didn't have time to develop a relationship with someone that I would feel that comfortable with, you know? I think it does take time. The hookup culture, which we both know, you know, back in the day before there was Grindr or, or Tinder. It's quick, right? And that it is a special time to rush it. I don't regret things that happened in my life. Like I can't go back and change it. But would I have preferred to have it with somebody? Absolutely. That, that I cared about. And I
1: know we rushed it because we we met Oh, it was the beginning of May, and I wish I could remember the year. But well, I was fourteen, so it would be around nineteen eighty-seven-ish. Um, we met in May. We we we, you know, had sex for the first time, and it was his his first time as well. Five, pretty much five weeks later, which at that age is pretty fast. Not like, <laughs> and I think for him. I think I just loved him so much, and I just didn't want to lose him and for him, he knew he was moving he was leaving our community and he was moving to Toronto uh in um so it happened. he had sex in June he yeah. moved he moved in August for him, it was something he wanted to do. well, he still had a connection was still before he was kind of absorbed into a city of knowing nobody right. Did you talk about it a lot or did you talk about it with your girlfriends? Were they telling you about their experiences? I only had one other girlfriend that had lost her virginity before that. And it was not a, her case wasn't like it was Uh, it was positive to her, but not in the sense that her parents found out she was young enough and her boyfriend actually got um, charged with statutory rape. So that was my only experience. The only person I could talk to about yeah that is, that's crazy that is crazy she was but she was she was that much younger than I I was grade nine at least almost grade 10 she was uh in grade seven for her first time with uh yeah. someone who was I think was probably in grade 10 or something yeah so that was the only person I knew so I had no one to really talk to about it and interestingly enough I thought he had had sex before he didn't tell me till we broke up that He didn't want me to think he was a virgin, which is interesting. It is. He thought, I don't know what he was thinking. Looking back, I think that I would have found that more attractive. But I think if anything, I found it more as a, he's done it before, I better do it thing. Uh, Not that I felt pressure. I wanted to. But it wasn't until we broke up. And he was upset about our breakup that I found out that he hadn't had, that I was the only one. And then that was reconfirmed as our relationship. We stayed friends forever. And I moved in with him, you know, eight years later, interestingly enough. Yeah.
0: Do you think guys have more pressure around losing their virginity or back then? I do. I think that, you know, when I look
1: back, I considered him more like the coolest kids in the school. Yeah. And, Probably a lot of his friends had, he had it had, kind of came from a rough background, not kind of, definitely did. He had, a, he'd been kind of, um, like you talked about moving around. He hadn't lived even in his own parents' home for almost a year, just living with a neighbor's family that had taken him in. Probably a bit of a lost soul when I look back at who he was. So I think I was the first person outside this family that took him in that really connected with him. And I think that's why we stayed friends forever, even after
0: yeah. Were you looking for something? What's Was sex and losing your virginity, were you looking for something as well from him? I was. I definitely was.
1: Because up until then, kind of goofy as it sounds, like every guy I had a crush on never seemed to have a crush on me. Never seemed to go anywhere. It was always like, oh, I like, don't believe it. <laughs> they always liked someone else more. They always thought someone else was prettier. They always thought someone else was bigger boobs. <laughs> yeah. <They had boobs. laughs> I I didn't have boobs um (laughs) he was like the first guy that like really went that that I liked that wasn't someone that I considered like not like a up until then it was always kind of like the nerdy geeky guys that liked me yeah and I liked them too I just didn't want to be their girlfriend right Shane was the first person that kind of wowed me that and I was shocked that he was interested in me and I was on the track team back then and went out of his way to get my attention I was like running training for track and field and he ran out on the field on the track and got in front of me (laughs) forced me to pay attention to him wouldn't let me run unless I stopped and talked to him but so breakfast club yeah (laughs) well keep in mind this kid was um this this kid was a skinhead not in a skinhead sense like how we think of it as like a right wing skinhead it was like a you know bomber jacket mod sort of loved that kind of hardcore henry roland sort of guy you know so yeah it is kind of breakfast club what's the
0: actor's name jude it's yeah. not yeah
1: nelson Ah, Jude Law, Jude Nelson, just Jude... yeah, he was really cute.
0: Um, doctor, so yeah,
1: it's... <laughs> Law. no, it's not, Law, it's Jude... it's not Law. I said Judd Nelson, Jud
0: Nelson, Jud Nelson, Jud Nelson.
1: Nelson. Nelson. You know what? Shane was a very Jud Nelson,
0: yeah,
1: came across as bad. He had at the beginning of so I met him and he was grade 11, I was grade nine. He had long rocker hair, but much like and black, jet black hair, jet, jet black hair almost till the day he died, and thick. Gorgeous hair, like and and long with bangs, like a rocker, like like the lead singer, like um, think of Tommy Lee from from Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, right? That, and then all of us, that's what his hair looked like for the longest time. His yearbook picture in grade eleven was the long hair with him like this. That's his yearbook picture. His face, his um, tongue sticking out. His tongue sticking out. He was always a big, fuck you, right to everybody yeah and then just weeks before I met him he shaved his head and said like decided to shave his head off and uh, hair off and that's when I happened to meet him like I think he was just someone who was always going through something that didn't know what he wanted to do
0: was your choice in this Tommy Lee character sort of at a rebellion for your parents in a way or like a fuck you to anyone else I was so taken
1: by him I was like who the hell is this guy like (laughs) He just—I remember one of the first times we went out. Believe it or not, we were going to Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese just became big. We just got to Chuck E. Cheese, about uh, like half an hour away, and we were all going to Chuck E. Cheese. And and his best friend had his license and was picking picking me up. And after they dropped me off, I gave Shane a kiss in the driveway—a real kiss. And my dad, my stepdad, walked out and slapped me so hard, oh. so. No. He thought I just, dis- like, he was so embarrassed. And keep like in mind, we lived in the country. There's no neighbors that are even going to watch or see. But he was just, like, so angry. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Because I feel like, whereas you didn't go for the geeky guys, I did. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> you saw them.
1: <laughs> I met
0: them. They were all great, though. But, oh, my God. I know we all have our We all have our pipe. Yeah. So mine was the opposite. I was trying to um, please my father with someone that was very much like him. I mean, that's not what I was thinking at the time because I was only 15, 16, but I'm pretty sure that to this day, you know, I'm looking for that daddy stamp of approval. By the time I lost my virginity to someone that was A casual friend. I wasn't even thinking about that. I think I I had become so crusty and jaded by then that I wasn't thinking of that. But I think subsequently, and my big Shane, or the one that I probably would have wanted to lose my virginity to, rejected me. I guess I started losing faith in all of those stories that this is, or I guess my reliance that afterwards, that when that happens, that things will change in your life or that something will make sense. But mine,
1: like Shane was special, but then, oh, I hate to throw numbers out, but I'm gonna, the next 10 guys, I would say only one of them was special. Jeff, my third, my second was a neighbor. Still friends with him, but it was just, he had a girlfriend. We had a crush on me. I didn't care. Like I, I liked him. We were friendly, but I didn't want like him like that. And I'm like, nah, why not? Which is terrible. Absolutely terrible. But I was probably like um that time, I think I was grade eleven. Yeah, I was uh, still only 16, a year and a half later. It wasn't until later on in grade eleven I met Jeff, who ironically I'm still good friends with. We dated for almost two years. And and I still Jeff was really special. But but I, but then when Jeff and I broke up, it was a series of like people that didn't care about me, you know, that I had a crush on or was trying too hard
0: or yeah, a lot of what I talk about in my book is going from being promiscuous to choosing and all of those things creating boundaries and that kind of thing do you think the time that we grew up that it was I, I know it was for me you know I watched too many of those John Hughes movies where it was just constantly this thing that you had to do was lose your virginity or have a boyfriend at least you know what was it for you that propelled you to just go eh okay I'll just have sex again I don't that's not what
1: I wanted it
0: just seemed to that
1: just seemed to me what happened like I think I was that person that party girl that would drink too much at a party sleep with a guy and think that that guy actually wanted to talk to me the next day uh, and guess what they don't <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, but a lot of my girlfriends yeah. were like that uh, that I hung out with, and we we the, interestingly enough we hung out with a, a really good group of guys who weren't the same guys that we slept with, who were our truly just really good friends, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's like. I mean, I have a sister who's under thirty, and I know that for her, you know, it's different. It's it's more about getting a job. It's more about finding yourself. First. But I mean, we're talking about 20 years difference. I think the narrative for our generation, oddly enough, statistically, there was more sex happening in the 80s than there was in the 70s for young women, which doesn't make sense. But you well, know, you would have thought with AIDS that it would have sort of slowed it down a bit, but it
1: actually didn't. What I thought was interesting was it. When I was at high school, I'm not sure I had any friends that were virgins, or if they were, they didn't talk about it. But I went to university, a whole different story. First year university, I, I was shocked how many girls, I, and most of them from Toronto. The, the place where, as growing up as like a kind of country girl, burp girl, you tend to think everybody in Toronto is wild and crazy. And you realize it's not. It's the small town folk that are wild and crazy, too, to a lot, or, or, or maybe the smaller cities. And maybe that's because in the city in Toronto, their parents keep a tighter rein on them. I don't know, or they're more conscious of who they're spending time with. I have no idea. I was shocked. I didn't meet a virgin till I went to university. And then again, when, when I graduated university and I started working at uh, my furry first job, one of, my, one of my closest friends, who I'm still friends with today, I was, I think, 22 when I started there. She was 26. And she had just lost her virginity. And I was like, what? (laughs) And she was one of the coolest girls I knew. And I'm like, how did this happen? You're so cool. But that was in my head that that like cool equaled, you know. Equaled
0: losing your virginity. Yeah.
1: I was already sleeping with someone at the same company we
0: worked at. And I'm like, well, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, I remember there's, I've talked about this phrase before that in Holland, they talked to, the parents talked to their daughters about sex in two ways, responsibility and joy. Yeah. And I love that because it is a joy. It is a a beautiful thing. It's intimacy. It's being able to be vulnerable and share with someone, but there's just so much wrapped around it it there's just so much weight putting on it too much yeah and I I feel differently now like I I don't have any regrets about it but I just know at the time I just felt like a guilt that I had there was just another way that I didn't live up to that Molly Ringwald story that there she goes again you know um and and then also the flack from other women was very interesting you know um not that I talked about losing my virginity with my friends because um, I was moving around so much that uh, it was never the same group of friends, but I think the women were harder on me when they found out that I lost my virginity than the guys. And that could have, again, that could have just been my perception, but I just felt that there was almost this like primal, you know, jungle instinct that I had gotten together with someone that someone else wanted to get together with, or you know, and it was it was like we were really in a jungle, and that's an odd thing. I do think, like when you're young,
1: the girls that had not lost their virginity, knowing the ones that had, it's separated. and and they and they probably naturally want to see it as a negative thing if you have and a positive thing if you haven't until they do and then they convince themselves that they did the right thing because they waited four months with the guy they liked and the, who they ultimately broke up with eight months later or whatever and who
0: knows right I, I just can't imagine it happening in a, any other way because it does I think it just takes a long time to establish uh, a nice intimacy with somebody I, I don't know I do like that though the debut yeah I almost know it's funny you say that Where
1: I think there almost needs to be like a second virginity or second debut. I think that like after I got my divorce and I hadn't had sex with someone (laughs) other than my husband in, I was with my husband for 15 years, married 12. So it had been 15 years since I'd been with anybody different. And that first time is just, that was like crazier than the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah, much more of a, a bit of much more of a mind fuck, mind game sort of thing. Like, you know, this is not what I'm used to. This is what I want to do. Am I making the right decision? Uh, um, oh, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I found that actually much harder for me than the very first time. And how old would early forties? Yeah, I turned forty that summer. Wow. So I think I think I was still squeaking under. 40 39 when first time I'd slept with someone else besides my husband who I met when I was 25.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I know a lot of women through my interviewing that when they do get into their 40s and and it is you're going through some of the similar things you went through as a teenager. You're questioning your identity all over again. You're wondering what you want this time around when you have all this experience underneath you. Right. And now, so when you did have sex after your divorce, was it in a relationship or was it? No,
1: not really. Like it became not, it was with the same person, but it wasn't, we weren't boyfriend, girlfriend. It was just like hooking up with the same person regularly. Okay. Uh, But it wasn't satisfying because it's just, I don't know. It was not it wasn't like, I. but I think that's just part of like grieving a relationship. Even if, if you're the one that leaves it, it's just, it's really weird to all of a sudden be sleeping with someone you don't have a loving
0: relationship with. So then that begs the question, can you have sex with someone without loving them and vice versa? I can now. <laughs> <laughs> but when you were a teenager, you couldn't. Well, no, not
1: that no, I could it. well, like I, I always develop feelings. Yeah. I always ultimately develop feelings. Yeah. Hmm.
0: So do you think that's a good thing that you can extricate the love from the sex? I don't know if it is. I'm not actually
1: hundred percent sure how healthy it is. Like, I do think they're interconnected and I do think that the ideal, ideally they should be connected. Yeah. I
0: think just kind
1: of go with what, for me, it's more like, yeah, well, I kind of feel like doing this, so I'm going to do this.
0: Yeah, I'm not of an age where. Well, that's not true. I could have gotten on the, the online dating world. I I, I became singles. Definitely could. Like I have girlfriends that are like two or three years younger than me.
1: That in their twenties, that's, that's how they met their husbands. We just it's we're for, it's foreign to us because we were already in well developed relationships when online dating started
0: yeah yeah i i do think there is something to that i mean yeah a hookup when you and i were younger without the love i couldn't not want something the next day even if it was the most random stupid uh casual sex encounters i always felt bad that it didn't morph into something else that part i felt damaging there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with feeling desired and having sex, and that that physical act of of being satiated. Back then, I couldn't I couldn't extricate one from the other.
1: And I still like I still won't go on a dating site, and I still would never, in a million years, go home with a complete stranger. I just would never do it. Never. It's terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying for me.
0: Of the hookups you've had, you've known them somehow. The people I know and the people I trust. Yeah,
1: people I know that aren't hooking up with other people. Yeah, they're they're people that are good friends that I know are single. We're talking rare, 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 rare. <laughs> like this isn't a regular thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not every Tuesday you go down to the
1: local. <laughs> no, we're talking. It might happen once a year if it happens if, if that.
0: Yeah, and- yeah. To come back to what you were saying about feeling like lost after the divorce, I also was the one that left, and yet. I went on this little sort of sexual spree. I call it my little Roman holiday in Europe for a while. And oddly enough, it was all younger men. Maybe that's another podcast. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, well, hey, no, there's so much. There's such a good advantage in younger men,
0: man. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is another podcast. <laughs> that's for another day. But mm. did you feel that when you lost your virginity that you were on equal terms with your boyfriend you said you wanted to please him in a way but
1: no no I didn't I always felt he was in control I always felt he was the one that was going to decide whether we our relationship was on or off wow yeah same Even here. though ultimately I was the one that broke up with him like which is so interesting it's only because he, he had pretty much ignored me for so long which really wasn't that long I look back he probably ignored me didn't pay enough attention to me for two or three weeks and I <laughs> that's a lifetime in high school someone
0: new yeah yeah I I feel like time is 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 just so intense back then but yeah it is because you're spending every single day with them and then
1: when someone kind of goes AWOL and you don't hear from them for a couple weeks and and for him he was building a new life in Toronto and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. Again, and I did go see him at the time in Toronto. But then, yeah, like it was, I ended up starting to hang out with someone else and deciding I wanted to date this someone else.
0: Yeah. Do you have questions for me about mine? Knowing what you know about my past? Hmm. I guess it makes sense because I was very nomadic and curious. Well,
1: not so much about, you know, my, my question would be more not so much about your first time, but more about your memorable times. The times that were like the, we all look back at those times that we were just like, that was such a good connection. Whether it turned into anything or not, because I think sometimes we connect with people really well. It still doesn't turn into anything. But in the moment it feels like it's like a really good connection or
0: yeah. We're still we're still not disappointed we did it, you know. Yeah, you asked me that last time. What would have been memorable? Well, yeah, Scott and why that was, that's the one that I decided I wanted. His story, you know, intelligent. Good-looking, ambitious—those are qualities that I looked looked for. And um, I think before that, I had just given up. It had fulfilled my sexual desires, but it had fulfilled nothing else for me. You gotta, you gotta start with the head. You have to do something emotionally to me to get me interested. And so that's the one that's the most memorable in many ways. I have to feel something. But then I've come around to your way of thinking. I can't, I don't know if I could extricate it now. I think I have in different cases, but yeah.
1: So funny, like as a mom of like kids that are 18 and 16, and I see them as so young and I don't see them as sexual beings having relationships with people and knowing that like, I don't know, like, I don't know what they're doing. You've talked to them, right? Yeah, but not recently really about it. It's... Yeah, they're pretty private. Yeah, we talked about it more when they were much younger. When they were, say, like interestingly enough, that thirteen to fourteen age, you know.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it was time for another chit chat. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, they don't want to say
1: too much, so <laughs> yeah. I try. I, I I try. It just doesn't go anywhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I try to look like I listen to like you talk about your change in sexuality or or maybe it's not a change i don't know over the years and like compare it to like how i think and i don't know if i think that much different i'm just much choosier much smarter but before i just i needed the attention so much and i don't anymore
0: that was my conversation with rachel boyd tune in next week when i speak to another close friend about menopause and how it affects our sexuality as well and our waning libidos stay sexy ladies The Sexy Times Podcast is copyright by Melanie Chambers. For questions and comments, contact Melanie at melanie.writing at gmail.com. Production assistance provided by Hugh Elliott.